Rude Sunday. Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast for people who decorate their Christmas trees with jelly pastries. Today's <laughs> is a very special episode because we are talking about the very first televised animated Christmas special from 1962. It's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I am the extremely nearsighted but not that nearsighted Mike Westfall, and joining me... <laughs> Are my pals in Christmas TV podcasting? Please welcome two of the elves from Tis the Podcast, Julia and Anthony. Welcome, friends. Hey, it's good to Thanks be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, it's great to join forces for this history making special. But and I already learned something. I didn't know it was a history making special. I, oh, I should have done my research beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, none of us were around when it premiered. It was uh. The date I have is December 18th, 1962, Uh, but I want to talk about our personal histories with this special, if we have them. I certainly wasn't familiar with Mr. Magoo, the character, before watching this, but I do have quite a history with watching it as a kid. It was just on TV all the time, but let's start with you, Anthony. Do you remember watching this for the first time? I do remember watching this for the first time as a kid. Uh, ABC Family, back when it was ABC Family, used to play it during their 25 Days of Christmas lineup. And um, yeah, I that's pretty much my history with it. It was on every year. I watched every year because my channel is permanently glued <laughs> to that channel during the Christmas season. And uh, I was always a big fan of um, the voice actor for Mr. McGrew. Uh What's his name? Jim Backus, who played Mr. Howell on yes. Gilligan's Island. And I loved Gilligan's Island and <laughs> Mr. Howell especially. So, uh, yeah, that's my history. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh, Julia, how about you? So I think this is one of those that I remember visually parts of it. Um, but when I sat down and watched it just recently, I mean, it's been all the years mm. since I think I've watched it in its entirety. Um but it it gives me that wonderful 80s cartoon feeling, right? But the Jetsons love and the Flintstones love, and it just really brought me back. Um, so I, I don't have a ton of memories, which isn't that bad for this particular episode because they are covering a Christmas carol. Um, but I really <laughs> quite enjoyed it. And I did have a few snippets here and there. Okay. So I have a very specific memory of watching this when I was in second grade. It wasn't in my classroom. It was another teacher's classroom because I guess they only had one or enough of those old TVs on the big carts that they had to push through the school and pray it didn't tip over. But <laughs> Those Best were the day days. Ever. <laughs> uh, but I remember being excited in a way that I think... I had already seen it before that time, but I can't remember the first time before that time. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that memory is just inaccurate or not. It's strange. These early memories of my own life are starting (laughs) to blend together and get a bit foggy as I get older. But the memories of the things I watched on TV are super razor sharp. (laughs) And I think that might be a very unique thing to our generation. I feel like... 40 or 50 years from now where we're all in retirement homes watching Saturday morning cartoons in our pajamas. (laughs) And still podcasting. Yes, and still podcasting. (laughs) 
Anyway, this special has a very unique structure to it, especially as the first animated TV Christmas special ever made. It's presented as a Broadway production within a cartoon. So Uh Mr. Magoo in this special is an actor playing the part of Scrooge. Did you guys have any feelings either way about how they laid that out? I I didn't remember that at all. So at first I was confused. I had the wrong one. I was like, oh, did I get the wrong Mr. Magoo Christmas special? Is this like the (laughs) reboot Christmas special? Um, That was a little odd, but it wasn't terrible. I feel like Anthony has stronger feelings. I I usually I usually do. Uh, Hit it. Um, so it kind of made me wonder, like, okay, so doing a Christmas Carol in television shows is not a unique thing. No, but usually they put their own spin on it a little bit, and this is literally Mr. Magoo just acting out a Christmas Carol, and I have to wonder. What was the point? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> um, especially because Mr. Magoo himself is a character who lends himself to that Scrooge persona anyway, kind of. He's like this yeah. old rich guy. So it's kind of like they could have done a the Mr. Magoo spin on a Christmas carol rather than have Mr. Magoo starring in a Christmas carol, if that makes sense. It does. I like that take. I I like the idea of this being a Broadway show within a show, and I like the transition to what were clearly designed to be commercial breaks by panning out into the audience and watching a stage show. <laughs> that that was very beautiful. But the special begins really oddly with him singing. Did you watch the version where he's singing this traveling song, It's Great to Be Back on Broadway? It's great to be back, 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 great to be back on Broadway. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Apparently they cut in later viewings, may or may not be on the ABC family viewings, but as he drives to the theater, he's going down the wrong way on the one-way street because they want to get those I-don't-see-well jokes very early before they get going. But I get they have to set it up that this is a stage show, but it didn't feel... It felt out of place compared to the entire rest of the special. So if yeah. that part's cut, where does it start? I think it starts right at the curtain opens with the snow and the carolers singing Joy to the World. Okay. So you get a sense it's a show, but there's not this buildup to it where right. it's a thing. No. It's just a show. Yeah. That would make more sense to me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Luckily, it doesn't take long to start getting festive and feeling Christmassy once that curtain opens. But before you have this three minutes of just... Here's a thing. Here's how Mr. Magoo fits into this. He's an actor. But you could <laughs> clearly you could cut that entire opening song and no one would notice. <laughs> yep. I felt like for an animated special, this felt a little long to me. It did well, usually animated specials, especially in the 60s, Christmas specials were just half hour. You got your Charlie Browns. Uh, well, even before that, they, they were just live action. This was a new thing, but mm-hmm. they gave it an hour for this, and it feels like an hour. It, it feels does, like an hour. It does feel like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> even though it felt long, it did give me a bunch of the Christmas feels. Absolutely. A, a Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. most adaptations never fail to give me those feels. Yep. Very true. So we're not going to go through the whole plot here. It's a Christmas Carol, but... Let's touch on each of the characters' voices and songs as they show up. Uh, we touched very briefly on Jim Backus as Mr. Magoo, 
This is probably his best-known role besides Mr. Howell in Gilligan's Island, but fun connection with a little Christmassy twist to it here. Jim Backus based the character on Thurston Howell on another character he played named Hubert Updike III on the Alan Young show. And Alan Young is the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like in it's like Christmas Inception. Yes, yes, Hollywood Inception. <laughs> I feel like, especially the farther back you go, it all sorts of connects together. Yeah, oh man, absolutely. could you imagine Scrooge McDuck, Mister Howell, and Mister Magoo like oh, interacting? In <laughs> <laughs> I want that special now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> But Scrooge is immediately visited by the pair of charity workers. The one doing the talking here is voiced by our old friend Paul Freeze. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, tis more than usually desirable we should make some slight provisions for the poor and destitute. And I'm interested in hearing your favorite Paul Freeze character since he's been in so many Rankin-Bass specials. Do you have a favorite? I, I like... Do. <laughs> What's yours? Go for it, Julia. Uh, Haunted Mansion characters yes. is my favorite Paul oh, Freeze. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct so, answer, but go ahead. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go Rankin Bass, even though I love mm. his Haunted Mansion voices, Julia. I liked him as a Burgermeister, Meister Burger, and Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. And as a traffic cop in Frosty the Snowman. As the traffic his cop. whistle. Okay. That's a good one, but... <laughs> He's my favorite Santa voice in Rankin Bass. When I picture Santa in my mind, it's the Santa from Frosty the Snowman, the animated one, even though my favorite Paul Freeze voice ever is from the Haunted Mansion. He's also still Santa to me. Maybe that's why he's my favorite. I don't know. But I'm going to have to push back hard on that one, Mike. <laughs> I, I know I'm in the minority there, but... Very hard on that one. Mickey, Ro- Mickey Rooney... Is my Rankin Bass Santa? <laughs> See, I watched Frosty before I watched either of the Santa Claus That's or right. a Year Without a Santa Claus. So that voice is what sticks out in my mind when I'm going back and thinking of nostalgic Santa fuzzy happy feelings. So that's fair. Nostalgia is yep, a powerful, yeah, powerful force. <laughs> a gift and a yes. curse. Uh, <laughs> but Paul Free's voice is a few characters in this special. We'll get to them as we go. Uh, but here he's being shouted out of Scrooge's office so we can get to our first song. Ringle, ringle, coins as they jingle. And wrong. Ringle, ringle, coins when they mingle make such a lovely sound. I found this one fun. Yeah, this one was fun. Yeah, Most of these songs are pretty catchy. They are. Some of them are like earworms. But this one's cute yes. and simple and it keeps coming. It comes up at the end, which I really like gets to the mm-hmm. point quickly and gives us our best introduction to this version of Scrooge. Just, I like money! Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just straight up about it. Which is the perfect summation of Scrooge. Yes. In every version. And I also like how they bring in Bob Cratchit to simultaneously sing It's cold! Ringo, ringo, it's cold when they mingle It's cold! It's frightfully cold! After trying to sneak the extra coal in the middle of it, we see him sneaking in the back. And providing the voice of Bob Cratchit, it's Jack Cassidy, who was best known on Broadway around this time period. But to our generation, he's the father of David Cassidy from the Partridge family. 
He was married to Shirley Jones. That was his first husband. But Shirley's David's stepmom. But Shirley would then marry Marty Ingalls, whom I know as the voice of Pac-Man. Which I thought was... Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's another Christmas special. Yes, I'm hoping to get to that very soon. Uh, (laughs) uh, I love the Partridge family, by the way. David Cassidy. (laughs) Do you? I love the Partridge family. I used to watch that. That was another one back when Free Four was ABC Family. They used to show all the old shows okay. in the evening. I remember watching well, that like, on Nick at Night. Yeah, see, like Nick at Night had all the what well, I would consider the more classic stuff when I was growing up. Like, um, yeah, I do a genie and Bewitched and mm-hmm. the Monsters and the Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island and all that. Whereas mm-hmm. ABC Family had like Partridge Family and like. I don't want to say the B tier, but the ones that never took off as or became as iconic as okay. the Nick at Night ones. <laughs> Classic movie snob. Yeah, I feel like they started sneaking in the Partridge family after they got to the 70s and they started airing Happy Days all the time and they started airing the Monkeys all the time. Well, Monkeys the 60s, but still, that's when they started sneaking in things like Partridge Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one thing I don't think I ever noticed until watching it this time around, no nephew Fred in this at all. No. Yeah, he's not in this. And this was a pretty pretty true adaptation as well of yeah. Christmas Carol. So I kept expecting him to maybe show up at the very end where he eats dinner with nephew instead of right. and on, him, but I, he didn't. I was kind of glad nephew Fred wasn't in this. Really? <laughs> because not a nephew, nephew Fred fan. Nephew Fred and that whole thing is the saddest part of a Christmas carol to me when he goes to nephew Fred's house and sees them all making fun of him in the present. Like that always stings for it me. does sting, but you need that sting sometimes. You need oh, it. You, you like, definitely right. need he needs it for he sure. Needs it. He needs it. <laughs> Makes that redemption moment at but, the end better. Right. Uh, and on one hand, the songs in this are so memorable and strong to me that I forget the stuff that's not there. But on the other, mm. we cut the whole Fred subplot for a song about Broadway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, after the Ringle Ringle song and a quick conversation about taking off for Christmas, Scrooge just goes straight home and we meet our ghost of Jacob Marley. I wear the chain I forged in life. Oh, the weight and the length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It is a ponderous chain. Played by Royal Dano, whose voice I know best from Walt Disney's great moments in Mr. Lincoln and the Hall of Presidents. We all declare for liberty. But in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. Oh my God! Is that him? Lincoln? Yes. Oh, that's that is awesome. awesome. Uh, but IMDb lists his best-known role, according to IMDb, as Farmer Green from Killer Clowns in Outer Space. Which no, is, that's, that's a guy. travesty. <laughs> nobody, wa- nobody knows him from Twin Peaks here. A pi- that's what Twin I would. Peaks. No, I didn't. I, I didn't watch a lot of Twin. He Peaks. was Judge Sternwood. Was he? No. Okay. No. I used to love Twin Peaks. Okay. That's just something that was not in my wheelhouse for whatever reason. But I'll catch up. <laughs> I can't eventually. believe he's the voice of Lincoln. Yeah. How is that not his top bill? I don't that know. Be his Good, top well, bill. it's 
They don't include attractions in IMDb, I don't think. I think <laughs> that's, that's really problem. unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it, you know what's unfortunate is how empty that attraction is a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't always the case. but uh, <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> there's a reason Mr. Bagu is back in pop culture now. <laughs> <laughs> but what do we think of this? portrayal of jacob marley so this is one of the visuals that i remembered from childhood is the blue marley and so when i first saw it it just made me happy because i was like look i remember this when i had little baby eyes um i didn't mind him (laughs) is he is he a divisive character in this one is he a divisive marley's ghost choice i don't know i like my marley scary and this one doesn't yeah. start as scary as I'd like. Even Goofy has a more suspenseful entrance than this version. He's just like, Ebenezer <laughs> De- Scrooge, I'm in your room now. De- <laughs> definitely not a more suspenseful exit, though, when no. he trips down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but then this one starts to moan, that long moan. <laughs> and all right, then I'm on board now. But open with that, man. <laughs> So I feel like he he did the job Marley's supposed to do in the yes, story, right? Absolutely. But no, I, I I agree with you that I prefer my Marley scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it before on our show. I really like the Gary Oldman's Marley in uh, yes. his music Christmas Carol. Yes. He was really scary. That's a recent favorite. Um, Too scary for me. <laughs> I like my Marley's reasonably terrifying, but not so terrifying that I could really call him terrifying. There you go. But then this special gets really weird because Scrooge's first visitor at the stroke of one is the ghost of Christmas present instead of past. Yes. I- uh, that was that unnerved me a lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For a split second, I thought I'd missed it. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> is it out of order? I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah, they they swap these two segments, and I could not find a reason why. There's an old AV Club article that tries to make the case of better connecting Scrooge's sympathy for Tiny Tim to seeing himself as a sad schoolboy, but I don't know if I buy that. But (laughs) what I find interesting is this was only the second adaptation of A Christmas Carol that I ever remember watching after Mickey's, So, and since this one was more true to the source material i thought well maybe that's how it actually goes but no i was wrong (laughs) well and it just doesn't choice it just doesn't even make sense just by definition of the words right like right has to come first sequential order future yeah yeah but (laughs) i don't know i thought that i thought that's just a weird choice it's it's it is a weird choice and no one else does it no no i've never seen that before Yeah. I mean, if if the argument was to connect better the sympathy for Tiny Tim, then you break up the sympathy for Tiny Tim with the Bell side story that I've never been a fan of. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. The jolly voice of the Ghost of Christmas present here is Les Tremaine. You're the one who's too tight with a penny to buy himself a pair of spectacles. Come. Come and know me better, man who was better known in radio than in his TV or movie roles. His best-known radio roles were on shows called The Falcon and The Adventures of the Thin Man. On TV, I know him as the mentor from the 70s series Shazam. 
My goodness. Uh, I love Shazam. I remember that series. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that was him doing the voice, so that's awesome. That's him. Yeah, well, he's doing his Ghost of Christmas present voice. He's here in his bathrobe, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> and he immediately <laughs> takes Scrooge to the Cratchit house, and we meet the real star of Cratchit's family, Tiny Tim, who is supposed to look like another UPA-owned character. Are you familiar with Gerald McBoing Boing? That sounds familiar. It's a Dr. Seuss story that they turn into a cartoon, and it's the same UPA group that owns Mr. Magoo. So. He does look like Gerald McBoing Boing. Yes, it's supposed to. Interesting. But He's so. He's precious. Yes. His little head is so cute. <laughs> yeah. For the unfamiliar, <laughs> Gerald McBoing Boing is this Dr. Seuss character who only speaks in sound effects like his first word is the boing sound of one of those jaw harps like Snoopy plays. And he gets teased and runs away from home but ends up being a famous <laughs> sound effect foley artist on TV. But, well, but here he's <laughs> speaking actual words as Tiny Tim voiced by Joan Gardner, the voice of Tonta Kringle in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, she had a few Look at that full circle. Yeah, she had a few turns <laughs> with Rankin Bass. I did an episode last year on the first Easter Rabbit. She's the mother in that, as well as the fairy Calliope, who brings the stuffed bunny to life because the Easter bunny is just the velveteen rabbit who grows up to be Burl Ives. Is the first <laughs> Easter Rabbit the one where Santa Claus makes an appearance, or is that yes, the Easter Bunny's coming yes, to town? And it's Paul Free Santa, so maybe that's why. <laughs> That's one stuck in my head. Uh, but here's the big show-stopping song of the whole special, The Lord's Bright Blessing. And Tiny Tim yep. steals the show with his requests for Razzleberry Dressing. <laughs> Will we have a gander and some Razzleberry Dressing? Oh, Razzleberry Dressing would be nice. Which wasn't a real thing when they made it up for this song, but now it is! <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Razzleberry Pie is made with raspberries and blackberries and became a thing in the 90s. After, Some I guess, this there. started getting more and more air on, well, the, I guess it was the Family Channel all the way back then. But So there you go, kids. Huh. You can make your own Razzleberry dressing at home. Uh, <laughs> This is no. one of those earwigs you mentioned. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's one of those things where every Christmas we're putting up the tree and this song gets in my head. So I have to go find Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol and put it on. It's like, all right, we're watching this now. <laughs> First thing we watch every year after Thanksgiving, when we, and that's we don't do the tree until after Thanksgiving. Black Friday is our tree putting up day. Okay. Uh, we watch Elf first. Yes, Good same choice. here. <laughs> we do too. And then as we get going and I start getting this Razzleberry dressing will be nice. <laughs> That's when I say, all right, this is next. So <laughs> so is Elf your favorite Christmas movie? It's up there. Um, you know what? No, Muppet Christmas Carol is still my favorite Christmas movie. It's my favorite Muppet movie, and that's, I know, like, a lot of people disagree with me on that. I'm like, no, that's the one that I watch way more often than I watch the Muppet movie. That's an annual watch. 
sometimes more than once a year. Sometimes I yeah. pull it out in July. Are you, are you yeah. not scared by yeah. the creepy ghost of Christmas past in that movie, though? That creepy little girl. I, that is my favorite ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> what? Because I love that Muppety effect. I love that. It, the it's, floating. It's, it's in water in real life is how mm-hmm. they do that. And I just love the way they do that. Like, from a technical perspective, that is my favorite ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> but I will stand by that she looks like the Muppet version of the girl from The Ring. The You're not wrong. that too is my favorite version of any muppet movie and it is my favorite version of a christmas carol yep yep and it does rival for my favorite christmas movie of all time too i cannot say what my favorite version of a christmas carol is yet because we haven't covered it well all right i don't know what to say right now because you've been (laughs) dropping these little bombs and <laughs> so kids, you can make your own razzleberry dressing at home. Wuffle jelly cake, on the other hand, jury's still out on what that is. I don't know if y'all want to decorate your tree with it though, but hey. Uh, I like the structure of this song. The kids get excited about Christmas dinner and having a tree, but their dad has to let them down gently. We can't afford these things. Mm-hmm. But keep dreaming of the day we will and prize what you have now. As he works, mm-hmm. and be care- be thankful for what we do have, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have the Lord's bright blessing, and knowing we're together, knowing we're together, heart and hand. We'll make the whitest Christmas, the very brightest Christmas, a Christmas far more glorious than grand. Yeah, I quite like this family. I like this version of Tim's family, too. Bob mm-hmm. Crat- the yes. Cratchit family in and of itself. I really love this version. I think they're wonderful. I think they were a little soft on Scrooge in this version. You know how Look sometimes- at you, like... Yeah. Dude, it's like a redemption story. But you know, how, well, you we know were how too s- redemptive. No, no, no. I meant the Cratchits. You know, in some versions, like Mrs. Cratchit in particular is very hard on Scrooge. Well, or... we're gonna get she there. Give some some strong words. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get there because that's another thing that's out of order for no reason. Because, mm-hmm. and that ruins that whole argument with the redemption of Tiny Tim. No, by putting things out of order, you <laughs> have to clean up afterwards, and that's what they had to do here. <laughs> one weird thing about this segment is as the song ends and it's one of these commercial breaks right after it pans out of the Cratchit house and up into the skies over London and then later back to the curtain scene as we cut to commercial how big is this set and what are we really seeing here it's fun to do this with cartoon transitions but when you think about this is supposed to be a play what are we really seeing and what are they just (laughs) doing to show off hey we can animate things now well see i was i was totally confused by it because on the one hand this looks like a very expensive broadway production but on the other hand then you have the ghost of christmas present wearing a bathrobe and it looks like they cheaped down the costume (laughs) so i don't i don't know what's going on here spend all our money on this giant set that folds into itself (laughs) (laughs) so that's act one and then act two now begins with the ghost of christmas past also voiced by joan gardner i am the ghost of christmas past Uh, long past no 
your past. Out of order aside, what do y'all think of this Ghost of Christmas Past? It's a Candlehead version. Yes. Um, Candlehead's never been my favorite, which I know it's the accurate one from the book, but I've never liked the Candlehead, <laughs> personally. Um, I don't know. The colors are pretty. I, I, in, in general, I like the color of the animation in this special because it harkens back to those, you know, yes. it, hark- it makes me mm-hmm. think of the Jetsons. It makes me think of all the old cartoons that make me so happy. Um, so I didn't mind it too much, but it's just never been my favorite ghost ever. I am in full disagreement with Julia here. Oh. I always, <laughs> I always like the candlehead version. So I was very happy to see the candlelight version showing up here. I, again, just like, Marley, in my opinion, is supposed to be the scarier the better per the book. Like, if you go full-on Candlehead version, I'm very happy. (laughs) This one's fine, I feel. It reminds me of, you ever play The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker? Where they all have the big almond eyes. It's the shape of the eyes that does it here with me. But when I played that game, when I... That game first came out and they redesigned it. Like, he looks like the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) <laughs> well, so it's not my favorite Candlehead version. My favorite Candlehead version is actually Disney's. I was going to say, uh, is it Jim Carrey's? Because that, that yeah. literal Candlehead. Yeah, the literal Candlehead. Yes. This one, and it does seem to fit that Dickens description of having an androgynous figure of an indeterminate age with the flame above the head. Not my favorite version of the ghost. Um, but seeing as this is supposed to be a stage show, it's fine. Um, we get the old <laughs> flying over the city into the shadows on the set that just expands at will of things that happen. <laughs> and inside the old schoolhouse, we meet the young Ebenezer Scrooge sitting alone and crying as he sings alone in the world. When you're alone, alone in the world, when you're alone in the world, blown the way leaves get blown. So, so these songs, again, I'm going to go back to my Christmas Carol preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never a fan of the songs in the musical versions of the show when he's mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. Like him and his love story in general, like he, they, which they didn't, you know. But like, I don't like the past songs. Okay. <laughs> in any any of these versions, I feel they like slow it all down. The mm-hmm. I will make an exception for Fezziwig songs in a lot of versions because Fezziwig is such a joyful character. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when um, he was singing this "Woe Is Me" song in this version, I just kind of wanted to hit that twenty-second skip button until oh. I got to the end of it. Just the whole the past is always sad for me, which it's supposed to be, and I get that. Um, but not many Christmas Carol versions have this part of the story that I like very much. Um, but me, it's usually the bell stuff. I hate the bell mm. song. Like in, to bring it back to Muppets Christmas Carol, that is my least favorite part of that whole movie is when bell sings. And I love the versions where they cut that whole thing out. <laughs> that was the theatrical version. So yes. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that song. So, <laughs> I don't know, so. Um, but 
I don't know. I felt bad for him. It's not a terrible song. Um, it's not the one that I go back to. It's not the one I go back to, but it's perhaps unexpected. And maybe that's why I like it more than I think a lot of other people like it. Usually you're only in the scene for a brief bit and you move on. But for some reason, this stands out for me. And there's, mm-hmm. it's the one line, millions of grains of sand in the world. Why such a lonely beach? And it's so poignant. They're not even at a beach, but I could picture that scene in the, the one lyric paints. Yeah, that's a good lyric. Mm-hmm. I I find it interesting because normally I find the past lasts the longest. And you say usually it just yeah. moves on. Je- well, just the part of him like, in I the don't school, know. just the part of him in the schoolhouse, and then it gets to the Fezziwig stuff. The, and that yeah, they cover a lot of stuff. ground in the past. Yeah. They cover they a lot of years mm-hmm. of him growing up. Uh, right, the- which which begs, I mean. It begs a question, like, <laughs> how long is he actually, like, on, I know it's one night, but, like, there has to be some time manipulation going on in these stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the voice of young Scrooge is credited to Marie Matthews, who is known for singing this song and nothing else. <laughs> but she crushed it, I think. I mean, it was, she was a very good singer. And you know what? Good for if this is literally the only thing on her resume, it's not a bad thing to have compared to some yeah. actors. She said, part of history. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I feel I saw as I was researching this, and I don't have the link on me, but there was a sort of event where Marie Matthews is the only member of the cast to show up. A lot of that could be because she might be one of the few that's still alive at this point. But. I was about to say, I know Jim Backus, sadly, was... She's older now, because this is now 50, 55 years old. Uh, wow. But but she doesn't have any other credits on IMDb, so... I found that fascinating <laughs> that this was it. Then the Ghost of Christmas Past has to drag Scrooge away from his younger self to another Christmas at Fezziwigs, <laughs> and here's Paul Freeze again with a Santa voice. Yo ho, my boys! No more work tonight! Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas, Ebenezer. <laughs> um, and Jack Cassidy is back as the voice of Dick Wilkins, not singing here. Both characters are just in and out as usual, and and that's just to get us to the real star of this scene, Belle, as played mm. by Jane Keene, who would later become best known as the second Trixie Norton on the later Honeymooner segments of the Jackie Gleason show. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, and then later, she'd be the straight-laced teacher from Pete's Dragon. That's what I know her from. <gasps> Me too. I Ms. Ta- love Ms. Taylor that was her name, I think. Uh, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. But I never would have connected her with this bell. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> but the final scene from the past, of course, is Belle releasing Scrooge, in her words, from their engagement in the form of a song called Winter Was Warm. Winter was warm, summer soft that year, the winter was warm, without a sign of frost, like winter lost its way that year. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to echo what Julia said. Not a fan of Belle or her or her songs, and I'm, I'm grateful Belle wasn't in this 
as much as she is in some specials, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like this song better than When Love Is Gone. Yes, yep. I will agree with that. Yeah, and this one actually got to stay in the specials, so hooray. <laughs> There, there, there is only one version of Belle I actually like. Oh, who's that? And Jennifer Love Hewitt in the Kelsey Grammer version of oh. A Christmas Carol, the Hallmark one. Okay, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, she's the only version I found her. I don't know. Okay, yeah, Belle. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> more tolerable than any other bell. Yeah, Is more, that where you uh, were going? <laughs> more tolerable than any bar. other bell. Probably <laughs> easy on the eyes, you know. Probably <laughs> I mean, for what Mickey's Christmas Carol is, Daisy Duck does a bang up job, but it's all it's in and out. But again, it's a it was a short featurette before the rescuers. So, uh, I have to I have to make a comment there. Oh. Da- Daisy Duck does an awesome job, but then when you think about the fact that Scrooge McDuck is Donald's uncle, uh, yeah, well, his, his wife is, pl- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all way to ruin it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we had that conversation when we were talking about. I did an episode on this, so we we had that same conversation. My and then my other my only other question with Belle and the scene is what is with her Dr. Seuss hairstyle? Yeah. Yeah, that thing is Cindy Lou Who as it gets. Yeah, that's what it was yeah. with Cindy Lou Who. Which yes. came after this. Yeah. So did Cindy Lou Who yeah. was that design based on this? But I mean you have Gerald McBoinboin, which is a Dr. Seuss character that they animated. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a yellow pawn from Sorry. Or maybe, or maybe it's supposed to be shaped like a bell. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe. But I like that our ghost of Christmas past cackles at the sobbing Scrooge after that. <laughs> Make me leave me. <laughs> that's cold. That's the coldest ghost of Christmas past I think I've ever seen. That is rough. And on one hand, it really threw me off, but on the other, I think. That might have been the intention because that's the only really good transition you can have if you're doing this out of order and now you're at the ghost of Christmas yet to come who sort of appears from nothing in a wisp of smoke almost behind Scrooge. Right. Huh. I like I liked the cackling and I kind of like that it was a he, right? It was a flame head. It was a he. She. Yeah. It's supposed he. to be ambiguous. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I like that the ghost of Christmas past, we'll just call it that, yeah. uh, cackled at him. I let, like, I don't think the ghost should v- show remorse to Scrooge. No. And and if the, any of them do, the only one should be present. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they should, it should be, and again, that's a, maybe it's cynical Anthony, but I, I like my Christmas Carol that lead into horror, and I like when Scrooge is taught the hard lesson. It's a ghost story, except the nephew lesson because that's even too cruel for me. Well, <laughs> but let's talk about the Ghost of Christmas Future now. I enjoyed this version 
a lot of the Christmas future portrayals on TV and in movies are all very similar. They're all in the cloak, but this one comes with a kettle drum sound effect that I think sets as dark of a tone as you're going to get with this particular animation style. You are about to show me shadows of things that will happen in the time before us. <laughs> Is that so, Spirit? Yes. And the red was an interesting choice. You don't see many red robes on on future. No, Usually he's all black and he's mm-hmm. shrouded and it was kind of a neat change. I didn't mind it. And I like the skeleton hand. Yes. So that was great. Creepy enough I lo- for me. I really like the red too. It's very like uh blood like. Mm-hmm. It it kind it of is. is. I didn't think about it like that, but that's the only way this could stand out on that grayish background. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Before we get into this next big scene of the future, there's as they're looking through the window, there's a mouse that can see Scrooge and the ghost, which I thought was odd, but it's there as a sight gag, but it took me out of it for a split second. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is the future. There's a lot of a lot of questions. <laughs> but then we get the scene at Old Joe's junk shop, and Paul Freeze is doing double duty here as both Old Joe and The Undertaker. The female voices are Joan Gardner again and Laura Ulsher, who was also Mrs. Cratchit. She's known for this special, and that's it, really. Had a couple of other voices in Mr. Magoo cartoons and The Pink Panther, but you have these four characters sing an unexpected showstopper called We're Despicable. We're Despicable. We make ourselves Despicable. Rate ourselves, hate ourselves viciously. Still none of us wishes here. Good shine. What do y'all think about this one? <laughs> I, I hated, hated this, this one. one. Yeah. It's <laughs> be- well, especially because, right, these characters aren't supposed to view themselves as despicable. They're supposed to view like this guy got what he deserved, and we're not doing anything wrong. Right. No! Yeah. So this song like, really bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this song. No, it's out of place and it feels so it long, way longer than it <laughs> yes. needs to be. We got to pad yes, an hour. Does. The only <laughs> highlight I feel is the one part of the chorus where la 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 la, where you only see <laughs> their very uniquely shaped mouths, and among the four of them, they have I think eleven or twelve teeth. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, the mouth part. That's really something special. That's it. They just we can animate. <laughs> but other than that, there's no reason this needs to be in here. Besides. We cut a lot of other parts, and we needed another song, and we got Paul Freeze in the studio anyway, so here we go. Yeah. Yeah, might as well use him. <laughs> Back at the Cratchit house to establish Tiny Tim is gone, then to Scrooge's grave, and as he begs for redemption, the ghost of Christmas yet to come sort of dissolves away, and Scrooge sings a reprise of All Alone in the World again, and then... Spirit, don't leave me here alone. Oh, I'm afraid. You don't know how it feels when you talk and nobody's voice talks back. Very quickly, we're back in the bedroom 
of a redeemed Scrooge who almost falls out of his window and hangs by his bare feet for quite a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So so I will say when the ghost of Christmas future dissolves away, Mm -hmm. I once again thought, man, this budget's all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) This Broadway budget. Broadway budget. (laughs) The old Obi-Wan trick where he just kind of... it just the, the rope, rope falls. falls yes. Yep. <laughs> I liked the goofy redeemed Scrooge. It's one of my favorite scenes in yeah. every version of a Christmas Carol, and he's great in this. I liked watching Mr. Magoo as this redeemed creature who was just silly. This is the sort of scene where Mr. Magoo, the character, shines the most because he's kind of mumbly anyway, and yeah. He's waking up in the morning, and that's but I'm as giddy as a schoolboy and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I like the kid in the street here giving the audience a little crazy sign, twirling his finger in the circle next to his head. That was a dumb thing I noticed. Uh, see, I, no, I always love that in all these versions that when members of the public and his like housekeeping staff first get a glimpse of this new Scrooge, yeah. They're like afraid he's either lost his mind or like <laughs> they don't know how to take it. No. And the end of it here is a bunch of Mr. Magoo's sight gags. He thinks a painting and a bust of himself are both mirrors. He shakes a turkey's wing and pokes the belly of the man delivering it, which I like. <laughs> Even his own lion headed door knocker gives us a wink for no reason. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. So I took that. Because a lot of times, Marley's a door knocker, right? Right, like and Marley he was here very briefly, kind of superimposed yep. over the lion head. Yep, mm-hmm. so when the, it winked, I saw Marley. We did it! Yep, Mission we did accomplished. it. <laughs> and the um, old- maybe you, Maybe you would know this, oh. because you're big on your TV history. Mm-hmm. Um. Did Gilligan's Island ever do a version of a Christmas Carol? I know they had one or two Christmas episodes, oh, and I don't I'm trying think to. So. And I'm trying to remember did, because again, Mr. Howell seemed like the perfect fit for somebody who yeah, could go do that. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm remember making this up because he did he voiced Mr. Magoo or not. That's just curious. I don't know. Gilligan's Island Christmas, 1964. <laughs> Oh, Joanna Wilson to the rescue. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> this. No, it looks like a clip show. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Boo. I totally made it up then. It was probably because he did such a good job as Mr. Magoo, the voice. I probably just saw in my mind, like Mr. Howell going through it on the island. <laughs> I'll have to do some more research, but I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> I feel like that would be that would be another one that they would air a lot on Christmas. Yeah, and I don't. Rem- right. I only remember this one. But the only last strange bit of this is we mentioned before how the Cratchits are usually harsher to Scrooge, and they didn't mm-hmm. feel like it here. Well, not during the song. They move that toast to Scrooge, the founder of the feast, where Mrs. Cratchit gets all offensive about it mm-hmm. to the end here and it doesn't fit as well when they're all sitting around a giant turkey yeah made right. more sense it, with the little goose so 
it, right. it would have made more sense if it was kind of like, um, you know, how Scrooge shows up at his nephew's house after he wakes yes. up and he's walking in right at that moment mm. where they're about to make fun of him. Right. It would have made more sense if they did it like that. He was walking in as she was doing this toast. Oh, that mm. would have been a great way to combine it. But they didn't do that. No. <laughs> they did it. He enters. They get yeah. But they get their Christmas tree with the cake on it and the Razzleberry dressing with the candle inside. <laughs> there you go. What more can you want? And the world's mm-hmm. biggest turkey. And the world's biggest yeah. turkey. <laughs> <laughs> then they animate a whole curtain call as all the players bow and Mr. Magoo brings out the director <laughs> and accidentally and literally brings down the entire set on him. And <laughs> we're <poor> done. <laughs> he did have that funny joke ah magoo you've done it again i brought down the house yeah a few other voices that kind of snuck in here maury amsterdam who was famous as buddy sorrell on the dick van dyke show he's two of the businessmen that we first see in the future And then John Hart does a few minor characters, including the stage manager at the beginning. He's probably best known as being the second Lone Ranger on TV. After they fired Clayton Moore and then bringing back Clayton Moore. But then John Hart would do other Lone Ranger appearances, including that episode of Happy Days. But they're up in the credits, but... That's it. Any final thoughts on Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol? I think I'm going to start adding this one to my Christmas canon. Yeah, good. My three-year-old really loved it. Um, oh, good. And it just gave me, I don't know, gave me good Christmas feelings to watch it. And I can't have enough versions of A Christmas Carol, frankly. They never, nope. they wear on me a little bit when we do two months straight of what feels like podcast episodes that cover different versions. Mm. <laughs> but in the Christmas season, I can't <laughs> get enough. So. There you go. <laughs> So I agree with everything you said there, Julia, except I don't know if I'm going to add it to my Christmas canon. <laughs> and that's not to say I would turn it off if and mm-hmm. when I catch it on TV. It's just that I have a lot of versions of A Christmas Carol in my canon already. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to watch it. Yeah. This one gave me this one gave me all of the feels. And it was just that... Um, I, I, I did really like this. It's just a few of the changes they made, mm-hmm. like swapping past and present and mm-hmm. a few of the other things they did uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Magoo in general, I mean, I love Jim Backus and mm-hmm. I think he did a great job. <laughs> yeah, this isn't top five for me, but I don't know why this has such staying power. Maybe because it's the first... I know Mr. Magoo himself had a bit of a comeback in the 90s thanks to the Nickelodeon show Wienerville would play old shorts of it, and then he had that movie with Leslie Nielsen. But I guess it's the soundtrack for me. The the songs, when they get in my head, that's what makes me want to put it on. And most Mm -hmm. of them are pretty darn good. Even that stupid, despicable one is an earworm that it's just, well, <laughs> every Christmas, whether I watch this or not, that la, 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 just hangs around for a bit in my head. But somebody had to be the first, and I'm not sad it's this one. Mm-hmm. No, me either. Not at all. Uh, well, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure getting together with y'all for this. 
Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. You're going to have to come on our show at some point. Anytime. Let me know. Uh, but if people want their shoes to click to your clack, they can find you at tisthepodcast.com. Is there anywhere else online you want to promote regarding Tis the Podcast? Julia, do you want to? No. You go, Anthony. You know all uh, if you go to tisapodcast.com slash Facebook slash Twitter slash Instagram oh, slash Reddit slash Facebook group or slash <laughs> Patreon, that'll take you to all those pages. I never thought of doing it that way. That's clever. We have a pretty active subreddit and Facebook group in particular. Uh, so check us out. All right. Well, and I've got some show notes up at adventcalendar.house and you can say hi on Twitter at adventcalhouse. And that's all where you'll find me, because I don't feel like doing all that work. <laughs> props to you guys for all you do. Uh, props to Tom, who's not here. And because Tom's not here, I can compliment him. There we and go. I'll say <laughs> props, props to you, him for doing, setting up the website and all the work. Okay. Uh, well, we will see you all next time for another important first in TV history. Till then, for... Anthony and Julia from Tis the Podcast. This is Mike Westfall saying, please watch out for the icy patch. God bless us, everyone. Pass the dressing. <laughs> <laughs> The Advent Calendar House and Tis the Podcast are part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Are you tired of the same old Christmas shows? Well, so are the Simpsons. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? That's why America's funniest new family is starring in their very own Christmas comedy. When do we get paid? They're coming to save the holidays. Hey, little one, Santa's back. Oh, oh, no! Ah, ah. The Simpsons Christmas special, Sunday on Fox.